sports, politics, life. Tickets for Less presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Use promo code KKHI at ticketsforless.com. I was really trying very hard to not lead the podcast with sports on this Tuesday, and certainly not the Chiefs, but the reaction to the last couple losses has been so overwhelming in our community, I don't know how I can possibly avoid this. There's obviously good news on a lot of different fronts. The Dolphins lose on Monday night. The Chiefs still have, I believe, a reasonable, if they play well and win their games, a reasonable path to uh, either being the one seed or playing at home all the way through the playoffs. We don't talk about that. Well, what if you become the two seed and then Baltimore loses at home in the playoffs? Well, you become basically the one seed. We've seen the Chiefs do that before. So, the reaction to all this stuff, the overreaction to all this stuff has, has me thinking a couple of thoughts. And I, I just, we're going to get to some important issues, the Supreme Court, some things going on in news. It's it's all coming your way. But I can't get this stuff out of my head. In fact, I woke up a couple of times in the middle of the night thinking about this. And I, I, I'm usually not that careful or guarded with my words. But in this case, we're talking about sports fans who can get easily offended by hearing something that they don't like about themselves, because this is really now more, you know, we've got Andy Reid saying basically he was sorry for the comments he gave. Patrick Mahomes says he regrets what he did at the end of that game, the reaction that he had on Sunday, and really regrets what he did with Josh Allen after the game, using the F-bomb twice, telling Josh Allen what a terrible call it was, and in telling Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio on Monday, look, Josh Allen had nothing to do with this. So I regret even bringing that up at midfield. This was the amateur hour for the Chiefs. This was their lowest of lows as competitors. Are they great champions? Have they won two Super Bowls? Have they been the best team in football the last five years? Yes, all those things are true. But are they starting to show their true colors in adversity? That also could be true. And people are taking notice. My comps here are very similar. And I told a friend this yesterday. And I, I know this is going to sound as an insult, but it really is a compliment that the Chiefs have gotten to a place where the fans around this team, the long-suffering Chiefs fans, have become so spoiled so fast, there's only a couple of fan bases that I can compare them to. The first would be Nebraska fans when Tom Osborne was the coach at Nebraska. I used to do the radio show and people would call Nebraska fans would just call to like poke at me. And they would say, they would ask questions like, well, we know Nebraska is going to win this week. What do you think the final score will be? Will they cover the 37 point spread? You know, it was never will Nebraska win. It was never, Hey, they're, they're showing this sign on defense of not really having this, or they really don't throw the ball very well. Maybe this could be a problem somewhere down the road. It was never an analytical question. It was just Nebraska was going to win by 100, or they're going to win by 80. We just didn't know which. And so that was the discussion every week. And you get to know that fan base a little bit, and you're around people that are Nebraska fans. They're certainly different today. It's what winning does to you as a fan. Winning will ruin you as a fan. And when I say that, I don't mean it like as a human being or any real terrible trait. What it does is it spoils you and entitles you so completely that you you it be, you become tone deaf to the rest of the sports world. That, that's exactly what it is. Chiefs fans are completely tone deaf to the rest of the sports world. And the crazy part is most Chiefs fans are Royals fans. You shouldn't be tone deaf to the rest of the world. You should understand that it is really hard to win. 
and expectation and being spoiled and privilege and all these things are not good things. They don't look good. They don't wear well. They don't smell right. They don't taste right. They're kind of gross. The other fan base that gets like this frequently, and it's understandable, is Kansas basketball fans. It's constantly that way with Kansas fans. They nitpick. They get a freshman on their team who turns the ball over four times in a game. Oh, God, I can't believe we got to play a freshman. (laughs) And you're just like, what? He's going to be a great player. It's growing pains. You watch your team every year. It's not always easy. Now, Chiefs fans have long forgotten that it wasn't that easy last year, and it wasn't easy the first Super Bowl year. I believe the Chiefs were 6-4 and four the year they won their first Super Bowl with Mahomes. Through 10 games, I believe they were 6-4. and four. And the sky was falling in, but nobody was really going crazy and complaining. Because why? Because we weren't spoiled yet. There was no entitlement. There was no, hey, we're the Chiefs. Wait a second. This insane reaction that somehow the line judge is supposed to coach the Kansas City Chiefs in-game and warn them that they are breaking rules over and over, and this constant posting of pictures of Kadarius Toney and other receivers that are lined up offsides on offense is no excuse for what he did at the biggest point in the game, which was the most egregious lining up by a wide receiver offsides I can ever remember. There are some really funny internet posts showing where they crop it and move the guy showing Kadarius Tony like 15 yards downfield at the snap. <laughs> That's pretty funny, if you ask me. You cannot blame the officials. Nobody in this town wants, I mean, a couple people, I got a couple emails from some of you, hey, they should cut Kadarius Tony. I'll listen to that all day. You want to send a signal to your team, your offense that has more penalties than any offense in the National Football League? And by the way, there have been 13 offensive offsides this year in the NFL. In the last three years combined, there were seven. The Chiefs have an entire analytics department that they pay really smart MIT majors to crunch numbers and stuff. The coaching staff should know that offensive offsides is up this year. That's something you shouldn't get to this point in the season and not know. Maybe you and I don't know it. Maybe the media don't talk about it. But the coaching staff should absolutely know that. The money they spend and the money they're paid to know those things, they should know that. And people say, well, there have only been five on wide receivers. Yeah, five on wide receivers. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed fewer. Because it looked really rare to me. And it is rare, but apparently it's not that rare this year. And there is some sort of an emphasis on this thing. And so we're going to get, a few people are going to get on Kadarius Tony and saying he's stupid. But for the most part, we're just going to give Andy a free pass. And Patrick Mahomes can throw his tantrum, his little baby fit, and look like his wife complaining on... You know, she went and took to Instagram and started complaining. It's just a terrible, terrible look all the way around for the Chiefs. And I'm sorry, the fan base is right in the middle of this thing. We got to grow up. You know, you remember how seven or eight years ago you hated the Patriots and everything about them and deflate gate and the tuck rule and all these things that the Patriots were involved in. And you don't like Belichick because he's surly and you can't believe Brady's that good because he doesn't really look that good and you just don't get it and you hate him and you're sick of him. That's where America is with the Chiefs. And Sunday is the reason why. This game got a massive rating. Massive. Now, I'm going to go to talk about a story at a site that's going to probably make your blood curdle a little bit here. Because these are the lunatic leftists at Deadspin again. It's not the same guy that attacked the nine-year-old kid and called him racist. 
This is pretty much strictly sports. There's a couple of references in here of things that you could consider political, but it's Julie DeCaro, and I don't know her, and she's written a story titled, God, I'm Sick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey have revealed themselves as whiny, self-entitled, overexposed babies. I can't agree with, disagree with any of that from an outsider's perspective. I've always in my career tried to look at every team locally. I know everybody that listens is a fan. I've tried to be just as objective as I possibly could. And maybe you'll consider this a victory lap because back when I was on radio, Patrick Mahomes, we were four years in, four games in to Patrick Mahomes' first year as the starting quarterback with the Chiefs. And I remember doing an entire show. I did a long monologue, an entire show with phone calls. And I said, the Kansas City Chiefs are about to become the next hated team in America. And the phone lines lit up and said, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? I said, they're going to win so much, so fast, and change the game in such a way that eventually this entire country is going to hate them. And right now, except for people that just became fans, especially young people, kids, things like that, living all around the country, could become Chiefs fans. Plenty of that's happened. The rest of the world just turns their TV on and all they see is State Farm commercials, double COVID shots, Taylor Swift in the box, the TV, the, the Chiefs on their TV, and the rest of the country doesn't give a flip. They're rooting for whoever's playing against the Chiefs. It's absolutely true. Here's what she writes. Full disclosure, I've never been on board with the Chiefs. Sure, they were for a while the best team in America. When a young and exciting generational talent under center and a head coach who had never had to answer for anything because he wears Hawaiian shirts, has a funny mustache, and struggled with masking. Sure, it was impossible to make it through a Sunday without seeing Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey multiple times every commercial break. But I survived the era of Aaron Rodgers' discount double check, so I figured I could survive this too. Lately, though, any grace I had for the Chiefs and their fans has run out. And while Kansas City itself is a great town that everyone should visit, I spent a month there one weekend, the sense of entitlement, the fans refusing to give up the chop, and the booing of the Black National Anthem have all begun to tarnish whatever tolerance I had for Reed and company. So I'll cede this point to you because you're already thinking this is a biased leftist that hates middle America and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I grant you that point. I absolutely agree that that is the case. We got a wacky leftist here that just interjected things that really shouldn't be part of this discussion. But here she goes again. We'll start with Mahomes' giant temper tantrum on national TV after the 20-17 loss to the Bills. All because, one, the officials correctly pointed out that Kadarius Tony lined up offsides, and two, both Mahomes and Reed believe they're supposed to get mulligans when that happens. They are, after all, the Kansas City Chiefs. Usually I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game, Reed said. A bit embarrassing in the NFL for that to take place. I didn't have a protractor out there, but a bit embarrassing. Then the writer writes, actually, it's much more embarrassing for the league for you to reveal to the world that you've been getting warnings on things that should be penalties. And do you really believe the refs owe you a warning or a do-over on what could be a game-winning drive and the two-minute warning? You know who never gets warnings when guys are offsides? The Chicago Bears. I know because I watch them shoot themselves in the foot every single week with penalties, and so does every other fan of a team that isn't a perennial Super Bowl contender. I mean, she's absolutely right, and she goes on and she clips some of these videos, and it's it's just not right. I would love to think that Kansas City and Chiefs fans could be the first fan base that can remain grounded 
when you have a team that's great? Can we please just remember what it's like to not have a team that's great? Can we not recognize that the NFL is the hardest sports business there is? That the entire setup of the whole league is to bring down dynasties and to prevent them? They want new teams every single year rotating through and being good. That's good for business. That's what the NFL has stood for since their inception. It loves parity. It makes it harder and harder and harder for the Chiefs. They couldn't draft in a position where they could just go get another stud wide receiver. They got to hit somebody in the third round or Rasheed Rice has to pan out to be somebody really, really good. You have to be good at this to stay good, even with a great quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach. And right now, it just kind of bothers me. This is what we've become. Now, on the same website, another writer wrote a piece that said, I'm sorry, your wide receiver is a moron, Patrick Mahomes. And it was very complimentary of the Chiefs. It just said, Canaries, Tony's an idiot. I can also live with that story. I can live with the fact that the Chiefs are a pretty good football team. And I also understand it's in their DNA to win most of these games, even though they've been losing most of these games. I personally believe that can change. I believe it will change. I watched the Dolphins soil the bed last night against the Tennessee Titans and a rookie quarterback. The Dolphins, when Tyreek Hill is not going off, and last night he hurt his ankle and missed a bunch of snaps and was limited in his return, and we'll see how he is going forward. The Dolphins, when Tyreek Hill is not doing his thing, are the most pedestrian football team you've ever seen. They don't protect the quarterback very well. Their defense stinks. They're just not very good. What they did last night losing to the Titans, they will lose to the Jets this week. And it's a home game. Somehow, the Dolphins are finishing with five out of six games at home. This is crazy. I think it might be four out of five, but it's a massive home streak. The only thing they've got left on the road is at the Ravens. So the Dolphins are pretty much home, and I know they like good weather cities to have games late. I get it. The Jets are coming to town this weekend. You don't think the Jets can beat the Dolphins? Did you watch them Monday night? I'm not going to predict it, but they absolutely can. Oh, then the Dallas Cowboys play the Dolphins. After that, the Dolphins go to Baltimore. Oh, and after that, the Bills come calling. Really? You don't think the Chiefs are going to finish ahead of Miami in the AFC? Chiefs are a game behind, but they have the tiebreaker. We know what the Chiefs have left in their schedule. They'll be favored in all four games. How many of these games will the Dolphins be favored? Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. How many of those will they be favored? I'm about to start jumping on underdogs in the NFL. I'll take the Jets plus nine and a half from what I saw last night. I like that. I like a whole bunch of teams getting points. I like the Denver Broncos getting points this week. A lot of these dogs. I'll take the Buffalo Bills getting points. Let's go. The Baltimore Ravens, they're at Jacksonville this week. They absolutely can lose that game. Then they're at San Francisco. That's a loss. Then they play the Dolphins. Then they play the Steelers. You don't think the Chiefs can catch Baltimore? They can. This week is a huge game. If Baltimore loses at Jacksonville and the Chiefs win against New England, it is all back in play. It's all just back in play. And I think we need to remember that. We need to understand how hard this is. Don't be so spoiled. Move on. Don't be the babies and the brats on Twitter and Instagram posting up videos of other teams who had guys lined up with their foot on the line. Kadarius Tony's foot was not on the line. Kadarius Tony's foot was beyond the line by a mile. It was stupid and it was dumb. 
And D Ford was stupid and dumb. The Chiefs are not, not a smart football team. They've never been a smart and disciplined football team under Andy Reid. We talk about this every single year. It's not his thing. His thing is go play. Let your personality show. Go be yourself. Make something happen. For God's sake, nobody even asked Andy, should Travis have thrown that ball back? Because somewhere inside Andy's brain, he's thinking, my God, he shouldn't be doing that. Do you know how close that was to having a fingernail on the ball, which would have just created a fumbling football on the field, bouncing around for anybody to recover, in a secondary where there were more Bills players than Chiefs players? Does nobody want to ask the question, are the Chiefs going to lose a game when Travis Kelsey tries that and fails? Because the next time he tries it, it won't be that pretty. It may work. It may not turn the ball over, but it'll never be that pretty. That was the gold standard of that play. So even in that, there were two insanely stupid things the Chiefs did there. Why was the throwback insanely stupid? Well, the obvious one is it could create the turnover. The second one was they just scored and left too much time on the clock. He's got a first down. He's at like what? The 15-yard line? He's got the first down. Run the clock down, win the game, and go home. There there are all kinds of things out there, okay, that the Chiefs do wrong, that they need to clean up. We hear it every week. Lining up offsides when you're on offense is maybe the dumbest thing we've ever seen, but I can't get it out of my head, and we got to stop with the whining. We just have to. The apologies are nice. Andy apologizing, Mahomes apologizing, I guess. But you know what? You know what else I didn't hear in either one of their comments? I don't believe either one of them. I don't think they're sorry for anything. I think Mahomes is a little bit sorry that he went off in front of Josh Allen. But you know what? He goes and plays in those golf tournaments and is a douche in front of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen and Steph Curry. He annoys the living daylights out of people. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He is annoying in a competitive situation. He's a big, giant child. It serves him well. We can call it competitive spirit. We can look at the positive side of it. That doesn't mean anybody's going to like him. Josh Allen must think Mahomes is the biggest douche ever. To have come up and F-bombed him twice after the game about a ref's call, oh, I can't think of anything worse. If I just won a game like that and saved my season and the other quarterback, the other team comes up complaining to me about the officials, I'm thinking, this guy, wow. So I do believe Mahomes apologizes to Josh Allen, but the rest of it, I don't really buy it. I don't think the Chiefs are sorry for anything. I think right now it's who and what they are. I don't think they're tough enough to win. I don't think they're disciplined enough to win. I don't think they're focused enough to win. I think this team is a hot mess between their ears. I do not think it's the personnel. I think they can absolutely win the Super Bowl. The AFC does not scare me. A dude wrote a piece at ESPN for playoff contenders. Should they be hitting the panic button? And they listed the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Jaguars. Lions just lost to the Bears. The Eagles look awful. Jaguars got a limping quarterback and took a bad loss. And, of course, the Chiefs have lost a couple in a row here. But can I just go ahead and add to this? The headline? Instead of stopping at Chiefs, Eagles, Lions, Jags, can we go ahead and throw in Dolphins, Bills, and Bengals? We got nothing but good teams in the NFL that are a million miles from being a Super Bowl winner right now. There's only one team in this league that looks like it can win the Super Bowl, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. The Dallas Cowboys don't get to play the Super Bowl at home. It's in Las Vegas this year. If it were in Dallas, I'd be saying Dallas in the same thing. Dallas is insane at home. But they go on the road and they're average. They got problems out on the road. 
The worst part is the Chiefs can't win a home game. Maybe they're better off not being the one seat. KKHI is brought to you by our friends at MyPillow.com. Don't forget our friends at MyPillow.com this holiday season. They have uh, bathrobes. Hey, they've got mattress toppers now for 99 bucks with the promo code KKHI. If you're looking to extend the life of your mattress, but they've got robes, they've got slippers, there are pillows, there are towel sets, everything discounted with the promo code KKHI at MyPillow.com. He's having a huge holiday sale right now. Also at MyStore.com. Promo code KKHI every single time with our friends at MyPillow. Buck Roofing and Construction. Available 24-7 for emergencies or for a free roof inspection. Just call Ron Buck and his team at Buck Roofing, 913-384-2680 or log on to rbuckroofing.com. The inspection is absolutely free every single time. Just mention the podcast. And don't forget Buck Disposal. If you need a giant dumpster out front of your construction project or your clean-out project, they'll drop it, you fill it, they haul it off. BuckDisposal.com. And I got an email from a guy yesterday looking at a golden tea machine at Amini's at 105th of Metcalf. He's seeing the price online. He's getting ready to go in there and talk to him about it. He says, is there a promo code for KKHI? There isn't. It's kind of a good guy discount is what we do. Go to Amini's, mention the podcast. I'm pretty sure they're going to knock some money off, whatever it is that you're looking at. Just work with them and say, hey, man, I listened to Kevin's podcast. What you going to do for me? Can you hook me up this holiday season? Golden tea is an awesome thing to have in your man cave. I'm jealous. I've got the shuffleboard table, but I don't really have a perfect space for a golden tea, but I would love to have one of those things. Aminis has them. They have everything. 105th of Metcalf and Overland Park or online at aminis.com. This is Aminis. All right, we'll get back to sports later. There's a lot going on in news, and I really wanted to start with it, but I just had, that was a rant. What I did today was a rant. I feel, ah. <sighs> feel so much better for getting that out. Thank you. Because I can't really sit around the house and just unload like that on Jessica. This is therapeutic for me many times. It's therapeutic. So I thank you for indulging me with my rant today on the Chiefs. Let's move on to the news. And the big story this week is Jack Smith, the special counselor, prosecutor, going after Trump as president for speaking on January 6th and telling the people assembled near the Capitol, to go there and be seen and heard peacefully. Yes, they're trying to jail a former president for that. Okay. So what Jack Smith has done is he's gone. Jack Smith got a friendly judge to say, Trump has no immunity in this. So onward they go with their case. But they're afraid they're going to do this case in March. And then Trump's going to appeal it. And it'll go to the appeals court. And then the appeals court won't decide anything until after the election. So Jack Smith has said, I'm scared of the appeals court. First of all, the appellate court will probably just toss it out or, or rule for Trump. So Jack Smith has gone to the Supreme Court and said, could you please, it's, you file a brief. You, it, it, we want you to expedite consideration on this matter. Does the former president have immunity or not? He was president that day. Does that mean he can say that? and not be tried and jailed today. And the Supreme Court indicated yesterday that they will, quote, expedite consideration, unquote. But they could still kick it out and say we're not ruling. They can expedite consideration. We'll take a look at this thing. They've given, I think, a December 20th deadline for Trump's lawyers to respond. So apparently they're going to look at this, but that still doesn't mean they're going to rule anything. 
However, it's a pretty conservative court. It's a pretty big roll of the dice here for Jack Smith. Here's why. He must be pretty sure the Supreme Court is either going to just kick this out and say we're not deciding anything now or that they're going to side with Jack Smith and say the president does not have immunity. He must be pretty sure because if it goes the other way, and there are people that think it will go the other way, it'll just go in Trump's favor, and they'll say, no, he was president of the United States. He's protected. He can say that. There's all kinds of national security reasons, different things, whatever, that the president has the right to say that for whatever reason. And so they may rule that. If they do, the case is over. It's done. It just gets kicked out. It's done. And so is the case in Atlanta. Even though that's a state case, it's the same kind of thing. It's an election. It, it's, it's over. It's out. Because those comments, the things Trump was saying, were things that he was doing and saying while he was president. So the Supreme Court can end most of this nonsense. It's not going to change the one in New York against the Trump Corporation you know, the the thing where he took out loans or whatever, that's that's a complete sham and everybody knows it. And that's not criminal anyway. It's a, a civil thing. So it's not, it's not a big deal. So this, this, I mean, the Supreme Court, if they rule in Trump's favor, it's mostly over against him. And then the runway is cleared for Trump to just take off and become president. This is a big deal. I, I have, man, I got no prediction on what the Supreme Court is going to do. None. That's, that's so far above my pay grade and, and beyond what I should be commenting on. I have no idea. But I understand why Jack Smith is doing this. As much as anything else, he might be starting to think, I always like to put myself in somebody's shoes. Jack Smith might be starting to think, look, if I do this for a whole other 11 months and Trump still wins the election, I'm going to be the fall guy. They're going to look at Jack Smith and go, what an utter failure you are. And most special counsels, most times this stuff happens and prosecutors get these things, whether it's an investigation with a special counsel or a prosecutor like this. Most of the times we wind up not thinking very highly of these people when it's all over. They eventually be, kind of become shown as losers. And he might be thinking that. He might be thinking, look, if the Supreme Court sides with Trump here, we toss this thing out and I can just walk away. You know, I tried. I was going to get stopped. Linger it out 11 more months, Trump still wins the election. You got problems. And I wouldn't want to be Jack Smith if Trump became president. I just wouldn't because I'm pretty sure there's a clerical error somewhere in a tax return. Wouldn't you think? Somewhere, some filing, something somewhere was not done to the letter of the law. Mm-mm-mm. What a tangled web we weave. So that's pretty interesting to see what happens. We'll know in fairly short order. We're going to know before Christmas, it sounds like, on what the Supreme Court is going to decide to do. That that trial is set to start in March. So that's why he wants to know. He wants to get the trial started in March. And if the Supreme Court rules Trump can't appeal, that he doesn't have immunity, then there's no case for appeal. He's going to, He wants to convict him in that trial, and then that's that. We'll have to see. I still think there would be ways to appeal any sort of uh, verdict that went against Donald Trump. We'll see. Oh, this happened in the quiet of night. Did you see this one? Joe Biden's sinking. And, you know, when, they, when the Democrats want to brag about the things that they're doing that they really like, they know the American public doesn't like it. So they always do it either in the cover of night or in foreign soil or whatever. Kamala Harris couldn't help herself. She went to this climate thing in Abu Dhabi. And she literally stood up there and bragged that her and Joe Biden had taken $1 trillion of our tax dollars and spent it on climate change. 
literally blagging in front of all these people in Abu Dhabi that they have spent a trillion dollars of our money. Now, I would like to hear Joe Biden brag about that on a campaign trail because guess what Americans don't give two rips about right now? Climate. Not if you're taking money from them for that. <laughs> a very small percentage of people want to spend their own money on climate change. That's what this is. This is a trillion dollars of our money because they took it from us. And that's what they spent it on. A lot of this is tied up in the Green New Deal. But it's also tied up, as she's bragging about, the Biden mandate for electric vehicles by 2030. Well, don't look now. That's six years from now. That's six years away. In six years, they're saying we have to have all this and all that with electric vehicles and the manufacturers have to do this. Well, Biden's taken flack from his own party on this because there is no, right now, electric vehicles are stockpiled on car lots. Nobody wants them. Yes, people want the Tesla truck. Yes, people want certain Tesla models. There are a few hot commodity EVs out there that people want. For the most part, electric vehicles being manufactured all over the world, people don't want them. They don't want them. Here's an inconvenient fact about Biden's mandate for EVs. We have 2.6 million charging stations in the United States right now. In six years, in order to accommodate what Joe Biden is requiring, wait, how long have EVs been around? Decade or longer, right? How long have they been around? We have 2.6 million chargers in this country. In very short order. And, and by the way, this is a ramp up. This is not, hey, hit this hard date in six years and on we go. They're wanting to ramp up so fast. I want you to think about this. We need 26 million more chargers just to accommodate what Joe Biden says we have to do. We're going to go from 2.6 million chargers today to 26 million? More. Because they got to get to 30 million. They got to get to 30 million chargers. This is just so unrealistic. These people are so stupid. And I, I don't get it. Please go out and brag that you have taken a trillion dollars from people in this economy and spent it on a Green New Deal. Please brag about that. Please go on the campaign trail and remind everybody you stole their tax dollars, lied about what it was for. It's not an Inflation Reduction Act. It did nothing for inflation reduction and put it into a Green New Deal. You're an absolute fraud of a party. Complete fraud. Oh, no. But you like to go over on the world stage in Abu Dhabi and brag about it. I'm going to Abu Dhabi. I'm going to brag about this. Look at the trillion dollars we spent. Oh, the COVID jab isn't very popular. A lot of people getting COVID in the United States right now. Apparently, it's not a very big deal. Turns out it's a little bit like the flu. Sometimes it's more just like a cold. Who knew? Who knew COVID had been around, you know, like for millions of years? <sighs> Who knew that? And then it changes everywhere, just like the flu or the common cold. Who knew? 16% of Americans have taken a COVID jab this year. 16%. I'm going to guess the overwhelming majority of those either have physical conditions that they still have in their mind, they're obese, heart condition, whatever, that I better get this, or a, a breathing condition, a lung condition, something, that they either have that or they're just like manic, you know, crazy in the head. Like they're stressed about everything every day and they take every shot that comes along. 7% of kids have taken it. How's Kansas City doing? Well, our numbers are even lower than that. According to the Kansas City Health Department, 
in the last three and a half months, ramping up for COVID season, Kansas City Health Department says 1,420 doses have been applied in the last three and a half months. So that's about 100 days or so. In Kansas City, are you ready for this? In Kansas City, think of all the ads you've seen about the COVID shot. Find out where CVS, Walgreens, your hospital, anywhere. Go get your COVID shot. Go get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. About 14 people a day are doing that (laughs) in Kansas City. What? Sometimes voters just know things that they don't even know. You could probably ask a whole bunch of people why they're not getting the COVID shot right now, and they would not give you an eloquent answer. Other than they just remember it as a debacle. Some of them just remember it as a bad time, and I've forgotten that. Most of them, yeah, I had COVID and I'm okay. I don't need that shot. That's not a great scientific explanation, but it works for me because it's kind of where I am. I had COVID. I'm not taking a shot. (laughs) It's just not. Not going to happen. Apparently, America agrees. No more jabbing. No more. No more jabbity jabs. Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president. He is now the second candidate running to have his life threatened. RFK Jr. previously had a crazy man jump over the fences at his house twice and try to get to him. He does not have secret service. Vivek Ramaswamy and his team are thanking authorities, federal and state, in New Hampshire for thwarting a 30-year-old man named Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson does not like Vivek Ramaswamy. Tyler Anderson lives in a town, Dover, New Hampshire, that is 90% white and 1.3% black. I do not have a picture of Tyler Anderson. But I'm going to go with the fact that he's a crazy white liberal, 30-year-old. And he posted about Vivek Ramaswamy and his appearance coming up in New Hampshire. It will, quote, be, be, quote, an opportunity for me to blow his brains out I'm going to kill everyone who attends and then F their corpses, unquote. Yeah, we really don't have much of a mental health problem with Democrats in this country, do we? This crazy leftist wants to blow out Ramaswamy's brains and then kill everyone who attends and have sex with their corpses. Not a problem. Uh, This man is locked up. Hey, an authority said, get this. He'd had some previous outbursts and mental things before. Wait, what? What? Somebody threatening a mass shooting and killing a presidential candidate has mental problems before and supports liberals? No. No, this can't be. This can't be. I mean, you know, that that random trans shooter in Nashville, that girl, she wasn't, I mean, you know, that's a crazy liberal. You know, the guy who shot Steve Scalise and the the Republican softball team, that was a liberal. I mean, I could go on and on and on. These people are crazy. And the Democrats provoke it. They inspire it. They divide people. They pit us against each other. I don't say this often enough. I will welcome any liberals into our tent. Even if you're like a Nikki Haley voter, I'll take you. 
Get off your plantation over there. Whatever the hell the thing is, get out of your cult and at least come to the middle. We'll listen to your reason. Join us. You don't have to be as far right as I am or as conservative as I am. Come meet us in the middle and love your country and have a happy day and like other people and wake up with a smile on your face, not hating everyone and everything. Be for something, not against it. Like Trump, Trump is the ultimate model of that. Trump voters are really for Trump. Sure, they're, they're against Democrats, but they don't, they don't wake up every day trying to destroy people that aren't like them. They wake up every day supporting Trump and trying to foster an environment and growth around the way they want to live. And hopefully more people will live that way. We'd be a more peaceful, happy country. I know that. That is 100% sure. All right, here's your December values at bstock.net. The Samsung TU 7070-inch is just $399. That is the doorbuster for the month. Don't forget the Red Tag Deal of the Week every week is at the kklist.com. Just click on Red Tag Deal. It's an auction item. A lot of times it's a laptop that starts at $9.99 and winds up selling for $29. You can't believe what you can get at the auction site there. Go to the kklist.com. Click on Red Tag Auction Item. Red Tag Auction Item at thekklist.com. The iPads are all gone, but they've got other tablets available. And for gamers, they've got really cool monitors. 27-inch OLED monitor, limited quantity, is, is a big-time deal for gamers. Uh, 819 with free delivery in the city. Go check it out. Bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. Advantage Termite and Pest Control is online at AdvantageTPC.com. They are now taking new clients and reservations, not just for your pest service, but your lawn care. They'll put the fertilizer and feed down on your lawn five times a year and take care of that while they do your pest and termite issues. All one service, all one auto pay. Very simple. Take the hassle out of it with a company you know and trust, AdvantageTPC.com, 913-768-8989. And maybe the most fun place to shop this holiday season is Jocelyn's Jewelry. Because while it's great to walk into Amini's and get a golden tea machine for yourself, that's fun. That's awesome. There's a lot of things you can do. That you can be, it's really cool to go secretly get something at Jocelyn's and give it to her. It really is a great feeling. And they treat you so well. And it is a throwback to how Christmas feels the second you walk through the door. Give it a try this holiday season. It's great for your mental health. It's great for the spirit of giving and of going and doing something for someone instead of just punching on your phone and buying something at Amazon and having it shipped. You're going to love the experience at Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, the jewelry you'll recommend to your friends and family. Celebrity news. This is a good one. Do you know who Cicely Strong is? Cicely Strong is an actress, a comedian, on Saturday Night Live. And I've always kind of liked her. I, I think she's sometimes clever and funny and, and talented. I don't watch Saturday Night Live religiously. Mostly I see clips on the internet and stuff afterwards. But she's the longest running female cast member ever. So she's got some clout there. She's got some sway. She's not afraid of her job, afraid of her job every week. So they write this cold open sketch this week that absolutely bombed. This is maybe the worst sketch in years on Saturday Night Live. It was a complete and total flop and a bomb. 
And it got spread all over the internet as, wow, are they really this bad? It is Elise Stefanik, a congresswoman, grilling the women presidents of Penn, Harvard, and MIT. You're all aware of what happened. The Penn president resigned. Oh, by the way, she stayed on as a professor and has tenure. She doesn't have to leave Penn. She just doesn't get to run the place anymore. The Harvard professor, um, according to Leo Terrell, and I think I agree with this, she's now going to keep her job, even though they now have found her for plagiarism as well. In addition to her testimony, anti-Jew testimony, they found her to be a plagiarist. She's keeping her job because her skin color is black. And MIT, they're still working through this. But you know the news story. So Saturday Night Live decides we're going to mock Elise Stefanik. Because on the left, they were just, they couldn't believe how outrageous Elise Stefanik was. Well, I thought she was brilliant. I thought she was brilliant. And she asked a legitimate question. Does this break your school policy? Threatening genocide. We just did this. They arrested a man who was threatening to kill Vivek Ramaswamy and others. They've arrested him. That's not free speech. Free, that free speech is not protected. We have laws on intimidation and threats. They're very clear laws on the books. And when pro-Palestinian Hamas supporters at Harvard or Penn or MIT are threatening Jewish students, that is not free speech. Not, and certainly school policy doesn't protect you from that. And that was the question. Does this line up with school policy? And they, and they didn't want to answer the question because the answer to the question was, yeah, we, we're supposed to enforce that. They can't do that. That's against the rules. And none of them would answer it. So Saturday Night Live decides we're going to do a skit. Now, how you find comedy in terrorists, anti-Semitism, and Ivy League schools is beyond me because I can't think of one thing that's funny here. I think the Ivy League is snobby and stupid. I think anti-Semitism is gross, and I hate terrorists. Oh, let's find some comedy gold in that. Cicely Strong, the comedian and the actress on Saturday Night Live, was supposed to play Elise Stefanik. And apparently the day of the show, she said, she went to producers and said, I'm out. I am not comfortable with this skit. I don't like this skit. I, I, I'm not comfortable with it. Now, she hasn't come out and given her reasons. Maybe she just thought this is the most unfunny thing I've ever seen, and I don't want to be part of it. Maybe somewhere, even though she has been there so long, she has to be a leftist. She has to be progressive. You can't be there that long and not be that. Somewhere she thought, my party's gone too far. You know, the, I stand with the Jewish people and I don't like this skit. I don't know. We've not heard her reasons, but she went to him and said, I ain't doing it. I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing it. So they put another actress in and I don't know who it was. And she was the most unfunny person you could ever remember. And it became, I mean, maybe the, the largest bomb sketch of all time. And there's been some bad ones and it's hard. I'm not saying comedy's easy. But this could be the, the worst sketch of, there was not one laugh, not one audience laughed. It was like total silence. Everybody just sat there mortified and didn't know what to do. They weren't sure who they were making fun of because here's the problem with the audience watching. The audience come in, comes in like 90% to make fun of the Harvard presidents because we all thought they were buffoons. Everybody knew the story and we're like, look at these spoiled ass elitist people that don't get any of us that make no sense and couldn't perform under pressure. So if you're thinking the skit's starting, I mean, immediately you're thinking they're going to make fun of these school presidents. And, and you know what? It probably would have been really funny if they had. 
but they didn't. It was supposed to be making fun of Elise Stefanik and nobody knew it. It was such a bad sketch. Nobody knew. Nobody had a clue. There were no laughs. There was no applause. There was nothing. Maybe it would have been better if Cicely Strong did it. I applaud her for backing out. Even, even if the only reason she did was she's professional enough to go, uh, this is tone deaf. All right. We're making fun of the wrong person in this sketch or the wrong people in this sketch. And people aren't going to laugh. It's not going to be funny. So I'm out. Even if that's the only reason that she just thought it was unfunny or whatever. I applaud her. All right, the Royals, that's not celebrity news, but the Royals, uh, they signed Will Smith. He is a celebrity, but they didn't sign that Will Smith. $5 million left-handed reliever. He made his debut with the Royals in 2012. He's been bouncing around. Here's how good it is to be Will Smith. Last three years, Will Smith, the left-handed reliever, played for the Braves, the Astros, and the Rangers. They all three won the World Series. He got three rings in a row, man. Will Smith bringing his three rings to Kansas City. He'll be a relief pitcher. $5 million reliever. But the Royals are targeting two pretty good starters, Marcus Stroman and Lucas Giolito. Now, I don't know that they're going to get either one, but let me give you a profile of Stroman. 10-9 and last year, 3.95 earned run average. He's a good pitcher. He's 32. He's not in his prime, but he'd be better than most of what the Royals have. Stroman turned down an option for $21 million this year. So that kind of means the Royals got to pay him more than that, right? These are free agents. They're talking to Stroman and Giolito in free agency. This is dangerous. This is dangerous and desperate. It can work. It's very expensive to do. The Royals can afford to pay somebody $25 million if that's what they want to do. They can afford it, but it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. It's also, we've learned, not really good business. That older free agents you paid a lot of money to aren't particularly reliable. Their best days are behind them in their 20s. And Stroman is 32 years old. The problem the Royals really have is they may be making their team better. And you, like you and I don't care how much money the Royals spend on a, on a player. If they want to pay a guy a bunch of money and it doesn't work out, it's not our money. It's not like Biden spending money on green energy. That's our money. So we don't get wound up on something like this. But the real problem is the Royals don't get much bang for their buck. They go make this signing and the city doesn't get all wound up right now and go, Woo, okay, the Royals are going to be great. I'm going to buy tickets. No, no, the Royals are past that. The Royals can't sign anybody to sell tickets except Shohei Otani. And he just made $700 million and the Royals weren't going to do that because five years ago, the Royals weren't worth $700 million. They are now, but not by a lot. So they can't really sign that splash that boosts business. That's the shame of the Royals. And that's really the state of baseball, and that's where they are. But we'll keep an eye on them. Coming up, maybe my favorite final final ever. It's brought to you by North Kansas City Dental, online at nkcdental.com. Make your appointment right here over the holidays. You're going to have some time off work. Go down there and get your checkup, your teeth cleaned. And if you got something bothering you, like a cool sensitivity in your gums, your teeth, they can fix that right up for you. Got any issues at all, nkcdental.com. Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's remodeler. CrossKitchensKC.com is the website offering free countertops through the end of the year. Free granite at Cross Kitchens KC. If you'd like to consult with them and sit down and find out if you're eligible for this and your project is eligible, call Tim Cross at 816-898-7047. And teenagers, oftentimes during winter break, is that what they call it now? Winter break. 
Teenagers during winter break like to get into Fry Orthodontics and say, man, I got a crooked grill. Can you straighten this thing up? And they'll talk to you about braces or Invisalign. There's 14 locations. The appointment is free. Mention the podcast. Your consultation is free. They'd love to take a look and see what's going on with your teenager or even you. Get in there and check it out at Fry Orthodontics, where your smile is just the start. This might be my favorite final final ever. I got a guy in the NBA that I don't like. I dislike more than LeBron James. We don't do the NBA much, and I don't mean to be negative, but usually when we do the NBA here, it's something negative. But this was such a positive, glorious negative. Hang with me. You'll laugh. You'll smile. It's not about LeBron James, who everyone likes to make fun of now. Okay, when I was talking about the Chiefs earlier in the podcast, it's like LeBron James. Nobody likes LeBron James. You're either a LeBron James fan or you're a hater. There's nothing else. That's where the Chiefs are. That's where Mahomes is going to be. It's where the great ones go. It's where the great ones go. But our final final today is the lowly San Antonio Spurs and the highest paid coach in the NBA, Greg Popovich. Popovich is Popovich. All he does is complain about Trump, MAGA, most of his fans because he's in Texas. Like, you can't believe how much this coach insults his fan base in San Antonio with the things that he does and says. Nobody in the NBA is more outspoken for liberalism than Greg Popovich. Like, he's lunatic fringe hard left. Like, he's way out there. Way out there. Now, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a million games. But it's starting to look like he's past his prime. And the more he talks about things like world events, the more you're probably thinking he's not all that locked in on coaching his basketball team. Last night, San Antonio Spurs lost to the Atlanta Hawks. They shot five out of 41 from three, did the Spurs. Popovich said after the game, his team, quote, played their asses off. We just got to make some shots. (laughs) Okay. It is a franchise record 17th loss in a row. (laughs) 17 in a row, Pop. You had the number one pick in the draft. They got the player that is the generational player. They got the next LeBron. This is the next big deal. They had the number one pick. Do you remember this? Last summer. And he's playing. And he had like 18 rebounds last night and 15 points. And the guy's unbelievable. His name's Victor Wimbanyama. They've got him. And they've lost 17 in a row. Woo! Greg Popovich is our final final. Don't forget the KK list, all our sponsors there. Please, if you'd like to become a patron, go to kkasissues.com. Makes a great holiday gift as well. If you'd like to get it for your spouse or get it for yourself and tell your spouse it's from her, whatever, we'll sign you up for the patron podcast and the newsletter every single week. Go to kkasissues.com to sign up for that. In the meantime, just hit the like, follow, or subscribe button. If you're new to the podcast, Please hit that. You'll get the daily notifications. It really helps boosting the podcast and putting it in certain places where people can find it. It's absolutely free. Just hit like, follow, or subscribe wherever you listen to KKS Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. 
This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.